You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good morning, Joe. Great to be chatting with you again for Homegrown Faith. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks, Richard. I'm very well. How about you? Yeah, no, good. Um, it's been, uh, I've had a, just had a blood test this morning, so I haven't, haven't, it's been a fasting sort of blood test. So I've had to function in the morning without, um, usual coffee and breakfast and stuff like that. So I feel a real sluggish, but, um, <laughs> but you're here. Right. I'm here, I'm here now. Good job. But, uh, yeah. What's been going on in your world, Joe? Oh, well, I think I've discovered a new part of owning a pet that I think I knew about, but never really appreciated. <laughs> The value of an excellent fence. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Fence. About a week and a half ago, I was, I'd put Ted in the backyard, which I thought was quite well fenced. Mm. Um, and I thought, oh, after a while, I thought, oh, it's been very quiet. And he has once or twice gotten into the scrub down the back of my block. And so right. I'm just very comfortable with that. He would be in the scrub, but well, not very comfortable, but I, I could understand that's might be where he was. Yeah. So I was calling and whistling and I started to get very worried because he usually would come back after a few of those. He gets a treat when he comes home. So I started to get very worried. I thought, okay, he's a very people-oriented dog. He's with someone. He's found a human. That's for sure. So um, I went to find my phone and I've got a missed call and I've got a voicemail from a man saying he's found my dog. So oh. it turns out instead of going into the scrub, Ted's gone out onto the road and was oh, sitting no. in the middle of the road, <laughs> oh, no. which scared me no end. Yeah. Um, so I very gratefully got the pup, took him back inside and have only monitored his back backyard explorations lately because the fence needs to be fixed later. Um, but I thought, oh, well, m- must people, people mustn't face this. Um, and then I went to the dog park, talked about this and she said, another friend said, oh, no, this happens all the time. I carry an extra lead. Because I find dogs all the time. Wow. <laughs> all of all these dogs that I've never been seeing. Then yesterday, get this, I'm in the backyard with my builder and his offsider and my dog. And this dog comes into my yard. I was like, <laughs> oh, hello dog, little big black Labrador. Next minute, there's another dog. <laughs> and it's, some neighbors have just moved in a few doors down. They thought the dog was fed, the dogs were fenced in well. Mm. Turns out they weren't. And so I've just got like this plethora of dogs in my backyard at one point. Anyway, all this to say, dog fencing, worth it, worth money, but uh, maybe a bit more challenging than I ever expected. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Fencing. And do you have thoughts about fencing as someone who's grown up on a farm on the land? Well, if any of my siblings are listening right now, they will know that I am the worst fencer in our family because I don't like being scratched or getting my hands dirty or being in the sun very much. So they are all excellent fences and I am not. Yep. Um, but I did do a deep dive into chicken wire fencing into the dirt from a colorborn fence because that's what I've got. Yeah. Um, and I'm considering that as my next step to wow. keep in. Yes. And yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be worth it, but I have I haven't yet pulled the trigger on that one. <laughs> yes, though that'll be a big pro- big project. Well, but, that's uh, right. <laughs> yeah, Teddy's Teddy's a, got a curious mind, and he's yeah he's in the same world. He's a social man. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What have you been up to? Oh uh, well, I thought um, yeah, Jen, my wife encouraged me to share with you and the podcast listeners just about a little bit about my journaling habits, uh, uh, which I've been um, yeah doing for a while now. I may have spoken with you about this before, but um, 
Yeah, I think uh, part of just getting through life and the stresses of the week, um, I've got a little habit that I just, I just call it journaling. Maybe it's, there's another name for it, but um, about once a week, I will open up just a cheap Officeworks um, uh, little notebook or something yeah. and um, journal kind of what's going on in my brain, what's going on in my mind. Um <laughs> Two, two little habits I do is uh, one, I often write a what have I done list. Mm -hmm. uh, people, people often talk about a to-do list and I, I generate a lot of those. But um, it's actually, I find good to sometimes generate a to do, what I've done list. And yeah. I can see, actually, I have done some things, <laughs> even <laughs> if it doesn't feel like it. The things have been done. This, um, And then I'll also just try and put down on paper what's going through my, my mind, like, what am I worried about or what am I feeling? What am I thankful for? Why am I feeling that way? Um, what, what's, what's a biblical take on this particular thing or a, mm. um, something that's, uh, that, um, puts the attention on, on yeah, my character or contributions or yeah. things that are within my control. So, uh, it's, uh, it's very, very messy scribbles, really the odd diagram. I never read it again. They go in the bin or shredded. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've, I've something I've recommended now and again to people. So thought I'd share it with you and the listeners today. That is interesting. And so after you've journaled, is it usually say twenty minutes, half an hour, or more than yeah. that, or less than that? Yeah, not certainly not more than that. Fifteen minutes, yeah, okay. that sort of thing. Okay. And after you've journaled, what do you think and feel? Like, what difference does it make? Do you reckon mm. in the long term? Yeah, good question. Um, it, uh, so it helps me feel a little bit thankful for the things that have happened. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll often pray after that. Mm. And, uh, it helps me think this thing that I thought was big or, um, is maybe not that big. Um, yeah. this thing that I, th yeah, some perspective, this thing that I thought was an outrage is not really an outrage. Um, <laughs> and, uh, this, this thing, yeah. And. And what I, what I need to do at this particular moment is yeah, give this to prayer or, mm. or work, work on that habit or um, mm. uh, there's something, yeah, prayer and some practical things come out of it. Yeah. Wow. That sounds very fruitful. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if anyone out there is uh, journaling or enjoying it, I'd, I'd love to hear from our listeners on that one. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I, I also yeah. love writing a to-do, uh, like a what I've done list. I would do that with no little infre like I would do that quite frequently because yeah. I also benefit from being able to say, oh, see, there are things to achieve being achieved. Thanks, God. <laughs> Rather than, I'm getting nothing done. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we feel so often, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Anyway. And what about the scriptures? What have you been reading? Yeah, I've been um, spending a little bit of time in Jeremiah, and oh. partly with some, uh, yeah, some preaching ministry that our church is doing at the moment, and came across a little funny little chapter. Uh, chapter 45 in mm -hmm. Jeremiah. It's only um, like uh, five verses. Yeah. And um, so, oh, well, I'll just read it. This is the word that the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Baruch, son of Neriah, when he wrote these words on a scroll at Jeremiah's dictation in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to you, Baruch. You have said, woe is me, because the Lord has added misery to my pain. I am worn out with groaning and have found no rest. This is what you are to say to him. This is what the Lord says. What I have built, I am about to demolish, and what I have planted, I am about to uproot the whole land. But as for you, do you pursue great things for yourself? 
Stop pursuing, for I am about to bring disaster on everyone. This is the Lord's declaration, but I will grant you your life like the spoils of war wherever you go. Now, I found that interesting because uh, I'd been doing a little bit of work on Jeremiah 36 uh, way back earlier in the book, where we do spend a fair bit of time with Baruch, son of Neriah the scribe. That's the fourth year of uh, Jehoiakim. And uh, as you know, Jeremiah, um, the book sort of moves around in time. It's not a Mm -hmm. strict linear chronological sort of thing. And back in Jeremiah 36, uh, Jeremiah made Baruch write a scroll. He dictated the scroll and Mm -hmm. uh, Baruch took it to the temple and he read it to some palace officials. He goes into hiding. Um, You don't get much in the way of uh, how Baruch is feeling in this moment as a scribe doing this, you know, there's, there's just no nothing like that. But then 45 gives you a little bit of insight into what um, how Baruch's feeling uh, in this moment. And it's not great. And <laughs> verse 3 says, Woe is me, because the Lord has added misery to my pain. I'm worn out with groaning and have found no rest. So uh, he was actually finding that whole thing, reading the scroll, going into hiding, thing really hard. Really hard going, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's just, which I can understand why. I mean... Mm. Yeah, so he wasn't glorying in the celebrity of being Jeremiah's uh, scribe. Um, he was just <laughs> finding it really hard. And um, yeah, it's interesting to just have his character built out a bit more jap- here in chapter 45. Yeah. Uh, and then the message of uh, God is, um, it, it's, it's hard to understand. It, it's its not a whole lot of sympathy as far as I can tell. Um, yeah. It's pretty much, hey, there's some big things happening in the nations going around, things judgment and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, all he's going to promise Baruch is that you'll survive. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you're going to have, that it's not an easy life. You might get um, taken to Egypt. So I think he does probably. Uh, he's yeah loses his home. He's a refugee of war. Yeah. Uh, so, but he will, his life will be spared. He won't die like many other of the people in Jerusalem will yeah. um, with, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's destruction of the of Jerusalem. Mm. It's interesting because it really, you know, we were, we were just discussing idea of perspective, and it's it's all, instead of journaling it out, he's been given it from Jeremiah's lips from the word of the Lord. Like, mm. here's some perspective, bro. you're not going <laughs> to die, <laughs> and it's not particularly comfortable, like comfortable words. No, but yeah, that sounds like that's what God thought he needed to hear at that point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, right. wow. New Testament links? Did you make any New Testament links? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a toughie. Uh, no, not in the moment. Yeah. yeah. So I'm open to ideas there, Joe. Oh, I'm finding that hard. That's what I was hoping you had something for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just started started the, the preparation on, on some of this passage and, uh, yeah, I've yet to get to the hard thinking about um, New Testament fulfillment. Oh. But I'm 100 percent confident there there will be yeah mm, many yeah. links forward to Jesus and uh, and uh, and uh, yeah ideas and applications. But um, yeah, yeah. certainly got me thinking. God's word good. And uh, Joe, what have you been um, learning or reading as well? Yeah. Well, I just want to talk about something slightly different, which is not something I usually do. Which is I've been reading a blog. Um, so as you know, a long time ago, I mentioned that I've unfollowed all my friends on Facebook. So basically what that means is 
I go onto Facebook and there's nothing in my feed except for one thing, which is the Law and Religion Australia blog, um, wow. which is written by um, Associate Professor Neil Foster, our friend. And he's so a good friend. He's yeah. a good friend. And, and that's on there because I find this blog to be um, at sometimes just way over my head in terms of the middle <laughs> writing, but actually incredibly digestible and very even in ex- exploration of ideas. It's not, it's not high energy. It's not high, um, sensation or anything. It's just, you just are reading an exploration of, um, something that's popped up around law and religion in Australia or in the world. And that's why it gets to stay on my feed because I can, (laughs) I can read it and, and enjoy it. And it doesn't challenge, um, my emotions too much. Yeah. Um, It just gets me thinking anyway. So, um, I've just been reading about um, two different really interesting cases. So one was a case in the US of a woman who was living in Colorado and was fearful that as a web designer um, and a Christian, devout Christian, um, that the laws of the the state she was living in would mean she would be required to, um, she created websites for weddings, I should say, mm. to create a website for uh, to celebrate um, same-sex unions. And she was wanting to to address that before it became something she was sued in. She so she went preemptively to the court to um, to I, I don't know what it's called. It's it's in the blog to to discuss this with the court and get clarity on what she could do. And um, so the court has made a ruling, and Neil's explanation of it it actually makes what I would find incredibly complex to understand very understandable. This is what mm. Neil's gift is: um, an even-tempered writing and clarity as well. And he, um, he just explores the idea that in the US, when it comes to freedom of speech, um, there is some level of protection. Neil, forgive me if you're listening and this is a really harsh explanation. There's some level of protection of, um, this woman was always willing to work with same-sex couples, but in terms of her creativity and creating um, uh, beautiful artwork, et cetera, on this web design, um, celebrating something she was thought was sinful uh, was not okay according to their laws of freedom of speech, etc. And so it just is a really um, interesting exploration of that idea. Thinking about religious freedom is something that Neil is really good at doing, and I need to think a lot more about. I think, and I found that really enjoyable. And so I just, I guess, I'm I'm wanting to commend the blog. Do you read it, Richard? Um, I'm aware of it. I haven't yeah. read, uh, or I've I've skimmed it now and again, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't uh, read it, but actually uh, quality. Yeah, I don't read every blog religiously, um, every post, but the, the next one was about um, a hospital in the ACT, which has been um, report. There was a report that was made about the hospital, which is owned by the Roman Catholic Church. Um, and it was thought that some new legislation might be coming in where the government would essentially take over the hospital, acquire the hospital and run it as a, um, a, a territory hospital rather than mm. a Catholic hospital. And there was a question around whether this is a religious freedom issue because it's uh, related to whether the Catholic Church will administer abortions, which they would not. Mm. And so it's just a really interesting blog post to get me thinking about it. It's it's very much written from a law background. And so, yeah, anyway, it got me thinking about uh, what can I pray for our our lawmakers regarding um, the freedom to let people... Yeah, have have religious beliefs and exercise them. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's been good. I would commend it as well. Yes, yeah, just really interesting topics that he takes so on. Interesting. Uh, he seems to have the great awareness of of what's going on in the world. And yeah, well, yeah. there's no one else I'd want to 
want to I'd rather hear from when it comes yeah. to anything in this uh, in this area. Yeah. And if anyone wants to give it a go and you're not a lawyer, here's my one tip. <laughs> Neil often what he says, he'll say something really humble like um, just as such and such puts it better than I and quote some judge or whatever. Mm. And sometimes there's a whole lot of letters and things that you don't really understand. Just keep reading. And if if you just skim past that and go, this is for the lawyers, I'll try and get what I can, but keep moving. What Neil writes is actually incredibly accessible. Yeah. <laughs> so just Good keep tip. going through till you get to back to Neil's words and you'll be fine. <laughs> Good tip. Well, it's been uh, great chatting about uh, Well, I'm very, yeah. so glad your dog was rescued. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you. Me too. Yeah, great. Great that Ted, Ted's back. A little bit of chat about journaling and Baruch's yeah. experience from Jeremiah 45, law and religion. Yeah, that's Yeah, lots of good stuff. <laughs> uh, if you found this podcast at all interesting or encouraging, why not share it with someone? We would love this ministry to be encouraging to um, a Christian you know. And so why not share it with someone if you found a particular po- um, episode you enjoyed in particular. Hmm. Anyway, we will talk again soon, Richard. Yeah, chat soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye.